Hello, everyone, and welcome or welcome back to Murder Everywhere, a true crime podcast. I am your host, Noelia. And if you heard our last episode, you would know that it was a case that isn't too well known to the general public. And today's case is definitely the opposite, as you can tell by the title. Today, we will be discussing the murders of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. Nicole was born on May 19th in 1959 in Frankfurt, Germany. Her father was German and her mom was actually American. And shortly after Nicole was born, they moved to America where she grew up in Southern California. And Ron Goldman was born July 2nd, 1968. And he grew up in Buffalo, Illinois, near Chicago, on a small little city right outside of it. And before Nicole met OJ, she worked a lot of different jobs, um, like in dance, aerobics. She also was a waitress and a model. And she actually met OJ at a nightclub where she was a waitress in Beverly Hills, California. They met in 1977. And Nicole Brown wasn't a public figure prior to meeting OJ, but OJ was a former professional football player and also now a TV actor at the time that he met Nicole. So because of that, Nicole Brown also became a pretty public figure through her association with him. And the couple got married in 1985 when Nicole was only 18 and OJ was 37 and they had two children together. And everyone says that when they first met, it was love at first sight and they were really happy together. But there is an incident where on their first date, Nicole came back home and her roommate noticed that her pants had been kind of like ripped. And she told her roommate that OJ was just like a little intense um, and like forceful, but she was into him. And the roommate was like, whoa, like red flag. That's not okay. But she said she was into him for some reason. And they ended up getting married pretty soon after. In May of 1991, Nicole Brown Simpson actually filed for divorce, citing irreconcilable differences. And she also accused him of physically attacking her. And in June of 1992, OJ pleaded no contest to the spousal abuse. And in October of 1993, Nicole was actually granted a restraining order against OJ. So this prohibited him from contacting her or coming anywhere near her house. The following year, it was 1994, June 12th, and OJ had just attended his daughter's recital, which Nicole Brown was also attending. And after the recital, Nicole had dinner with her friends and family at Mesa Luna. And this is where Ron Goldman actually worked. He was a waiter there. And while there, Nicole's mom had actually left her sunglasses. And Nicole and Ron had actually become friends about six months prior to this day. And Goldman volunteered to go and drop them off at Nicole's house. And then really late that night, Nicole's dog, which was a white Akita, had bloody paws and was just walking around the neighborhood by itself. And it was discovered by one of the neighbors. And just after midnight, the dog led to the discovery of two horrible, brutally murdered bodies. And these were the bodies of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. And when the first officer got there the next day, they said that the bathroom was lit with a bunch of candles and the tub was full of water. The TV was also on. There was a cup of half-melted ice cream downstairs and her children were asleep in their rooms. Yeah, they were literally inside the house. Simpson was actually found on the sidewalk outside and she had been stabbed multiple times, um, 12 times to be exact. And Goldman had actually been stabbed 25 times. 
And as you can imagine, this story blew up because O.J. Simpson was a very well-known figure. And he was immediately a suspect, as most partners are when things like this happen, especially if you are in the middle of a divorce and you have a restraining order. Like, all signs pointed to O.J. just right away. And O.J. had actually agreed to turn himself in. But then on June 17th, if you've heard of this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He led police on a chase in his white Ford Bronco where millions of people were watching because the news was just all over this. They were like streaming this live. Um, so he led them on, I wouldn't say a high speed chase, but it was it was just a sight to be seen. So eventually Simpson gave himself up and that's when he was charged with two counts of murder. And his preliminary hearing lasted about eight days. It went from June 30th to July 8th. And the judge found that there was enough evidence for him to be put on a trial. And there was a significant amount of evidence that was presented in OJ's trial. And some of the most notable pieces were, one, the bloodstains and DNA evidence. There was bloodstains that were found at the crime scene and on OJ Simpson's clothing and shoes. And DNA testing showed that the blood was consistent with the DNA of both victims. Then there was the bloody glove. A bloody glove was found at the crime scene and a matching glove was found at OJ Simpson's house. This is like one of the biggest like WTFs. Like, like are you serious? If you know how this ends, like you just kind of want to knock your head against the wall. But you may have also heard about OJ trying on the glove. And you see it in court, like him putting on the glove and it not fitting and it being this moment of like, okay, like, well, what is it then? But the glove was literally found at his house. Like these matching gloves, one location here, one location there. I just feel like it doesn't get much clearer than that. But on top of that, there were several witnesses that testified that they saw OJ near the crime scene around the time of the murders. And some also testified that they saw him with cuts and bruises on his hand. And then, of course, the motive. Prosecutors argued that O.J. had a motive to commit these murders as he was angry and jealous of Nicole Brown Simpson's relationship with Ron. And he had a history of domestic violence, a very extensive history. And O.J.'s alibi was actually that he was at home asleep at the time of the murder. So definitely not a solid alibi. However, his team presented evidence that they argued supported this alibi. And that included a testimony from his housekeeper and friends who said that they saw him at home around the time of the murders. And the defense team also argued that it would have been physically impossible for him to commit the murders and return home in the time frame that the murders took place. But prosecutors argued that there were many gaps in his alibi and that he could have definitely committed the murders and returned home without being seen. But even with the DNA evidence and the witnesses and the bloody gloves, the jury was not convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that OJ committed the murders. So he was acquitted of the charges. However, there was some form of justice. Um, in a civil trial in 1997, he was found liable for the wrongful deaths of Nicole Brown and John Goldman. And he was ordered to pay $33.5 in damages for the victim's families. But the fact that he didn't go to prison for this was insane. However... In September of 2008, he was actually sentenced to 
well, up to 33 years for his role in an armed robbery that had happened the year before in 2007. It was a robbery and kidnapping in Las Vegas. And he was actually granted parole in 2017. So he served about nine years, which isn't justice, obviously. And it was for a completely unrelated crime. But at least he did serve some time. But it's just insane to me that he's actually out in the world right now. And he's been on podcasts. He started his own podcast. I'm not going to say the name because I'm not going to support him like that. Please do not listen or support him in any way. But in this podcast that he launched, he discussed various topics. And that included the murders of Nicole Brownson and Ron Goldman, which is just a whole new level of disrespect and grossness. He literally gave a hypothetical scenario in this podcast where he describes how the murder might have occurred, but he doesn't directly confess to actually committing it, but it was just super sus. And this podcast was obviously highly publicized and it generated a lot of attention. So he could have definitely just done this on purpose to try to get that attention on his podcast. He could have made it up. He could have been dead serious and just kind of like, you know, yeah, I'm throwing it in your face. Like, what are you going to do about it? Like he killed them and he's out and there's nothing that anyone can really do. So unfortunately, that is the ending of this case. And just the outcome of where the murder is now is very disappointing. But I would love to hear your thoughts on this. You can send them over on Instagram or TikTok. It is at Murder Everywhere, spelled like our podcast name. I personally think that OJ did it. And I think most people probably hold that belief. But yeah, if you have any opinions you would like to share or any cases you would like to suggest, definitely send those over on our socials and I will catch you guys next time with a new case. Bye.